Material Components Episode 6 The First Steps Hello and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your Dungeon Master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hello, adventurers. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Hello! Awesome. <laughs> Breed coming at us from the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> next, Budweiser frogs. All right. Does that, does that date me? Does that date me at all? No, no. Uh, no, no one's going to date you. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> well, that's on the internet now. Ooh. All right. Sick, do we sick burn. do we want to start again? No. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely no. not. I I am Olivia working. Gray, and I'm playing Tears of Cloak Bear, Child of the Outer Storm. I am playing. I, I am Cass, and I will be playing Cherish, uh, the Tiefling Sorcerer. My name is Michael Listman, and I am playing the most important character, Sid Emberlight, the half elf rogue. <laughs> I am Reed. Um, I'll be playing Grawl, the hobgoblin warlock. I'm glad that Cass and I did matching <laughs> like, annoyed faces. Like, <laughs> Well, welcome one and all, regardless of just how annoying you are, and <laughs> I would like to welcome you once again to Material Components. I would like to begin this session the way I begin every session, by asking all of my adventurers, do you remember what happened last time? Yep. I gave a stirring PowerPoint presentation, mm -hmm. and nobody listened to me. I was moved to tears, sort of. I believe Sid was moved to butts, actually. I was going to say. And, and Tirza was moved to flush. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a great presentation. Um, Everyone was paying 100% attention. attention. To their chicken on their plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. We, we fought the Skyn Witch, so... Yeah. We certainly did that. You did yep. indeed face the last trial of the Skane Witch, and in doing so, bringing your found item, the Deck of Many Things, into that test seemed to have untold repercussions, as the whole world in which you found yourself was this big, glitchy mess, a patchwork of planes, as it were. Yep. Um, and we may have realized that uh, the... Um, old mage's advice was not possibly the best and sort of came out of that a little little PO'd. Um, some more than others. Yeah. Some more than others. Um, <laughs> Our good, good friend Camion. Uh, I mean, actually, so we all kind of agreed with Cherish that we should try to figure out what was going on beforehand. Yes. But our good, good friend Camion decided that that was not what he was going to do. Yeah. Camion's decision to not only steal the deck of many things from Cherish, but also unilaterally decided that it is the best thing for the valley to destroy the Skane Witch, regardless of the cost. Right. Um, that decision cost them quite a bit. 
Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Um, so that was great. Um, and then we came out of it. Um, what happened after that? I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the details after that. Well, um, well, after our massive, like, butt handing to, to the skein, which we oh, came yeah. out and we kind of like decided that we needed to meet up with, with the old mage who was going to tell us everything, so to I speak, mean, or like, we're going to get, we're going to talk to her. It's going to be a pleasant chat. Um, and nice. everyone kind of went their own way. Like the two parties kind of like did their own thing. Uh, Sid chased after the, the one woman from party three. Yeah. Um, and I wrote it down, I believe. Lucrecia. Lucrecia. I'm yeah. say it's Tiffany. But nope. Not. That not. not right. Um, yes, and when uh, I asked her who she was and what she was doing, and she's like, I'm gonna go murder the uh old mage, and Sid was in a mood, and he's like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, let him go. <laughs> Have fun, kid. I'm sure it won't come back to bite him in the butt later, so um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of butts, a lot, a lot of, of yeah, Sid's gonna focus on butts. <laughs> he does. Um, discovering so much about him right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> typical teenager. <laughs> typical teenager. Yeah. Um, and then we got our stuff ready to go, and we started our journey to the old mage's tower. Well, not uh, quite. Not quite. You had made the decision to leave, but the leaving has yet to occur. Uh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, uh, Grawl found, like, passage on on and like for all of us to go on a little adventure but right. we haven't but there's a couple of decisions that need to be made right from the get-go because mm -hmm. as we left off last time yes the other threadless had gone their own way some of them to confront pieces of themselves they uh discovered during the last of the trials some of them to try to pick up the pieces of their lives that were so rudely interrupted five years previous some of them off into the midnight mists, just hugging the bones she collected along the way. We don't know who that is, though. It could, it could be, <laughs> it could could be, be anyone. It could be anyone. That's probably Judah, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. He has laser hands. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. But the four of you had decided to heed the old mage's invitation to her tower in order to garner some answers from that old woman yes for whatever reasons you so choose but as we find you now it is four days past the maker festival it is now the first month of winter and that is the month of salt on the fourth day thereof you find yourselves preparing for a journey northwards though some decisions need to be made in terms of how if we want to bring up our old friend the map hey map how's the it going map. hello Again, what's up? So, for our YouTube viewers, here is an image of the map, and you will see that there, to the north, along the edge of Lake Quelio, is the Tower of the Old Mage. Some of our players have been there before, others, this will be the first time adventuring that far northward. But, mm -hmm. as you can see, there is a major road leading west from Stormhaven to a currently unnamed town, which is going to be one fun piece of this session, then northwards towards the town of Crescent's Edge at the very edge of Lake Quelio. 
You would all know that there are several options to get to the tower. You can either follow the road along the plains northward to Crescent's Edge and then take some kind of ferry across the lake to the tower itself. Or, from that unnamed town to the west, you can take the river northwards straight up to the tower. Each of those paths have their own trials and tribulations, as well as their own adjusted rates at which you will get to the tower. And I leave it to you, the adventurers, to choose which path to take. Does the river flow... would we be going against the river if we took it? No, the river flows into the lake. Great. That might be the fastest way to do it. <laughs> the river is certainly faster, but it is the more dangerous of the two options. How I mean, come? There are many things that lurk along the banks of the river flowing into Lake Quelio, and Lake Quelio itself is nothing to sneeze at in terms of dangers. You faced some simulacrum of the Kaotoa, but those are real threats that lurk within the lake on top of many other sundry monsters. The lake itself is something you'd have to worry about down the road, though, because along the river there are plenty of things that would love to snap up and eat wandering ships and rafts. And that is why the, the lock wardens, those of the Guardian Guilds who watch after the waterways of the valley, make sure that those uh, caravans are looked after, but they can only do so much. Yeah. Olivia, you were trying to say something? Nope. Sorry, I just slammed my elbow really, really hard into the wall. Fair enough. Nice. <laughs> so the, the road northward, on the other hand, is a bit of a slower journey and a bit more sedate. There are still dangers out along the roads, but they are much better protected by other caravans, other guards moving to and from the cities. But like I said, it is a slower version of the journey. Right. How slow? So. Like a, like a week versus like two weeks? It was actually closer to three weeks versus a month, a month and a few days. Okay. That's not like I mean, it is definitely a difference. So the river, like... the river route will take you 12 days, and the mm -hmm. road route will take you 18 days. Hmm. So I guess my question is, are we in a hurry? I mean... She lives there. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> we don't yeah, have I any mean, tests. I guess it depends. Like, Sid, do you... Are you wanting us to be in a hurry because you know that this chick is going to try to assassinate the old mage? Or do you not care about that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, she can probably, I mean, honestly, the old mage could probably handle herself. Um, and I probably wouldn't have mentioned it to you guys. Um, okay. yeah. Fair um, enough, I just want to know. Yeah. Good chairs would probably narc. It's true. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I've been doing, so I was honestly doing some, like, character exploration this weekend, and yeah. I'm not sure if she would narc, but, mm, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, um, 
Crawl's cool with boats, but he also likes caravans too. No, no, I mean like like it's completely sorry. useless. No, like that's the way Crawl looks at. He's like, mm, so say we all. I say we go. Is one way cheaper? <laughs> Either way, you would essentially be volunteering as guards. So your mm-hmm. your way is essentially paid so long as you are actively helping the guardian guilds with their duties. I say we go the faster way then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Crawl likes boats. Then I'm gonna take a water walk. <laughs> so I can run on the river like Naruto. <laughs> Just for just for that reason. No, yeah, I mean, what, literally. What's, what's your dex at, though? It's probably really shitty. Yeah. It's plus one. <laughs> you, you trip on the water itself. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, girl's, girl's cool with that. Okay. So, either way, your journey takes you westward. Three days to the town of... And here's the first big hurdle for all of you. Coming up with a name for this city that stands as a crossroads between Stormhaven, the Drylands, and the lake and river towns to the north. Laser Cat City. It's no. It's it's <laughs> you, you, you had your one thing. It's Mega Cat City. Oh and shit! No, you no, it up. Yeah, I, done goofed. I changed it. It's Laser so... Cat City now. <laughs> I got it. Centerville. Yep. Got it in one. Southwest Middleton. <laughs> um, um, no. Let me take a look at it. Let me go get a sense of it here. What's uh, What's the kind of like the general population of it? The general population of this town consists of many. It's, if anything, more of a melting pot than even Stormhaven is. Year round, I should say. Stormhaven becomes a very focused melting pot of every culture in the valley for the five days of the Maker Festival and a few days surrounding it. But Mm -hmm. the people coming to and from the Drylands and Lake Quelio passing to and from Stormhaven all pass through this town. So it makes for a bustling trade city on the edge of this river that is one of the last stops of true civilization before you head deep into the drylands, and it is a long road to Blue Gulch. Yeah. Wickport. Wickport? Wickport? Definitely uh, port. Port should definitely uh, be in there. I was thinking ha- uh, Havensmore. Havensmore? So instead of port, uh, like a mooring. Mm. Wickmore. Do we have too many? I like Wickmore. Wickmore? That's not bad. I was okay. going to say, maybe maybe not something with Haven, because we've got Stormhaven, Old Haven. Oh, that's uh, oh we do have Old Haven. Haven under Haven. Those are part of Stormhaven, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, lots that's, of Havens. That's what I was thinking, is like a lot of tiny cities near big cities have like the same name. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fine with Wickmore. Oh, Dungarty is good. So Wickmore is a strong competitor? Mm -hmm. Something Um, about the fact that it's at that little Mm tri-cross. 
of rivers. So, Mike, mm -hmm. tell me again how the the rivers flow. It's from the southeast. All rivers flow, flow from the south to the north. Everything yeah. flows into Lake Quelio. Okay, that's what I... So there's the river leading from Srothheim that splits and heads west into Stormhaven and east into the Eastwood. From mm -hmm. there it flows down, and the other river that flows from the Drylands also flows north and eventually connects just west of Stormhaven before continuing to flow into Lake Quelio. Okay. What I thought. Tershmore. Tershmore? Yeah, like combining tertiary, like tertiary. and more. I don't know. I mean, honestly, that also sounds good. You're very good at naming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't come up with anything that's not done. Trimore sounds really mm. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Try more. Turn more? No, that's also dumb. Triamore? Uh, oh, Triamore kind of sounds cool. Tremor? Tremor? Sounds like a Pokemans. It does. Eh, Wick, Wick, Wickmore's not bad. That's, I'm still kind of fond of that one a little bit. Want to settle Tremor. for Wickmore? Wickmore Crossing? How about Wickmore's Landing? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's got a nice zing to it with the landing point. So, it is a three-day journey to Wickmore's Landing. From there, you will charter some kind of riverboat northward to the tower. But before you leave, you have a chance to resupply and perhaps garner yes. whatever supplies or shopping you need to do in Stormhaven. As this is the major metropolis of the valley, anything you wish to find, you can probably find here. And you all happen to have a pretty good relationship with a guy who, if you need it, it can be found and sold. For how much, though? That's always the question! <laughs> um, well, definitely uh, healing potions. We're gonna need some of those. Um, who still has one, by the way? I have three. Okay. Um, I have a... Oh, wait, no, I think I used my healing potion last time. I um, used mine on Camion, and he left. Bay. Bay. Oh, God, thank you. Ken? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll definitely need to buy some. Okay, so is a trip to Duskwalker import and export on the table? Yes. Yeah. Your... All right. So, I also want to buy rations at some point, but I'm assuming we can do that somewhere else. Yeah, easy. So, the morning of the fourth day of the month of salt, you are preparing to move westward to Wickmore's Landing. But before you do, it is time to stop by your good friend Omatep's shop. Moving through the Dustwater District, which is where the Wandering Rose is, you eventually find yourself down into Mason's Way, and it is there, after a little bit of searching, you eventually find the very garish edifice of Duskwalker Import and Export. Again, it has perhaps moved a couple of streets over, maybe to the south a little bit. Maybe it was yeah, a lot closer that. to the wall two days ago, but... Yeah. 
you eventually do find it. The sign out front, of course, says, open for business. Great. Let's go. Moving into the shop, there's a little jingling-a-ling as you press through the door. Inside is a wondrous vault of items and miscellaneous arcana, the likes of which you haven't really seen in a cohesive collection anywhere else in Stormhaven. This is definitely one of Stormhaven's best-kept secrets when it comes to shops that deal in the mystic and the strange. The To your immediate left, as you enter the door, is a large pile of banana peels, with a small sign that says, Banana peels, five copper apiece. Aww. <laughs> Always be branding. Always be branding. And as you enter, you see a small black and white capuchin monkey coming down from the rafters above you and landing in front of you with a quizzical eyebrow raised. Does he still hate me? Uh, whatever animus Alexander had for you in years past, it seems to have passed. Oh man, that was... Mostly that was as really he observes your bulging wallet. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello, Alexander. And Alexander nods and gestures and waves you forward and leads you through a cacophonous riot of shelves and strange racking units, for lack of a better term. They have these tons and tons of displays under glass, every kind of strange or bizarre item. There is at least one shelf you can see that is nothing but sarcophaguses. Uh, a few times you pass strange pens full of odd shadowed animals, and once or twice you're pretty sure that you're passing a painting that is watching you walk past, and when you make eye contact with it, it winks at you. Cool. Kind of want that. Eventually, Alexander leads you to the back of the shop, which looks like if you had a... Dark Ages 7-Eleven. There are strange bins with... Eyes of Newt and a a dozen clustered cockroaches all sitting attentively on one little box that looks like it could be for candy. At the is there like a is there like a, a like a large bin scoop and just like plastic bags for you to fill up? Oh yeah, no, this is the bulk section of strange right. material components, as it were. And at the <gasps> he said the name of the thing. Wow. Always, always be branding. Always be branding. <laughs> At the very back of all of this is a long glass-topped counter where you find Omatep himself flicking through what looks like a magazine. And, hey, Omatep! And as you approach, he looks up and sort of just like quickly grabs the magazine, stuffs it under the counter, goes, Ah, my friends! <laughs> Welcome, I did not hear you approach. Well, we're very sneaky. At least one of you are. I look around. <laughs> yeah, but I lost him. <laughs> oh, Sid, you're always the wily one. So, what have you brought for old Amatep today, huh? Uh, money to spend on things. Oh, very nice. That is my favorite thing for people to bring me. I know. Uh, you got any healing potions we can... Do I? I do. In fact, I do, actually. Yes. Oh, okay. I was okay. I was worried. I was really worried. Like, we don't know your stock. <laughs> and Alexander scrambles up onto the counter and just sh shakes his little head. Um, 
not really having any of Omatep's antics today. <laughs> He's a sassy monkey today. <laughs> but uh, Omatep comes around the counter and says, Potions, potions, yes, follow me, follow me. We will go to the alchemically. Alchemical. The place with the potions. Oh, okay. And he'll lead you winding through the, the shelves of his store. You pass a, a large cauldron with what looks like just smoke coming out of it. Nothing inside of it. It just is smoking for no good reason. Ugh, and inside too. Seems appropriate. The smoke seems to vanish right as it's tumbling off the edge of the cauldron and before it hits the ground. So it seems to be just for effect. I mean, yes. Sounds about right. Now I want it. And eventually you come to a large sealed door that says, Caution, Alchemy Supplies Beyond. Omatep gives the the big iron door. It has a wheel in the front. He gives it a spin, and the door comes swinging open. He says, this way, this way. Perfectly safe. Don't mind the tape. And he, like, pulls down some caution tape as he's moving through the door. <laughs> Just to the like left of the door as you walk past, you can see what is clearly the outline of a human being in black ash. There is nothing else to suggest that a person was ever here other than mm -hmm. their outline. Oh, I found him. And, and Omatep, like, pulls a sleeve and is, like, wiping it as you walk past. He's like, <laughs> this way, this way. And eventually he leads you to a long display room full of racks and racks of potions. He's like, all right, potions, what can I do you for? Mm, okay. Do you have more than just, uh, just out of curiosity, do you have more than just healing potions? Um, oh, other of potions? course. Potions okay. are plenty here in my alchemically. Alchemica. I need to come Your up with a place with the potions. The place with the potions, yes. Apothecary? That is the word. Oh, okay. Cool. Apothecary. Thank Apothecary. you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and he, yeah, takes, he takes out a notebook and writes it down. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to start... I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I, I'd like to start with healing potions and then see what else we got. All right, all right. Uh, well, we have several varieties of healing potion, as you may know. We have, of course, the regular healing potions, very basic stuff, only 50 gold apiece. Mm -hmm. Cheap, dispensable, easy to use. Pop the cork, put it down your throat, and it will heal you for a little bit. <laughs> Next, of course, we have the greater healing potions. It's a little bit better. In fact, I would call it twice as good. And, of course, it is that makes it three times the price. <laughs> so 150. Um, I'll definitely take one of those. All right, all right. One greater healing potion. He moves over to a large rack that is just covered in the swirling red potions. It seems as though they are organized by size. The very bottom is like three racks of the small vials of regular healing potions you're used to seeing. The next couple of racks up are a little bit larger flasks of the greater healing potion. And above that and above that, there are only a few sparse shelves of the superior and the supreme healing potions. Yeah, I don't have enough health for those ones. I'll uh, I'll take two uh, standard healing potions. All right, right away. I, I will as well. Two standard healing potions for Tirza. Uh, Grawl, if you get if you buy two more, your punch card will be full. Yeah, oh, 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 <laughs> I was good. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, well, uh, Grog like empties out his pockets, and nothing but maybe like I don't know, maybe a moth flies out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. a moth. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, Grog's broke after buying everyone healing potions. I'll uh, buy two. I'll buy two. Stand. You have potions for Grog as well. But well, you I have. Had like... Are you 700 sure? and some gold, yeah. I spent 700 gold on healing potions oh, for everyone. That's right. Really? Oh, yeah, God. including party number two. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure no one died. Well, we appreciate that. And we didn't. And no one did, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Except for the skein witch. Yeah. I didn't buy her one. No. Yeah. <laughs> one. Oh. Whatever. Yeah. And Oma Tep as they're bustling around and grabbing potions for you and handing them out and collecting gold, most importantly. Yeah. We'll say, so how did the Maker Trust Festival treat you all? I see you're all alive. That's good. Yeah. So in that sense, good. You know. Don't look so bummed out, my friends. I mean. You're alive. You survived. Whatever horrible interplanar machinations were attempting to manipulate you failed. So, good job. Yeah, I mean, I saw my own death in the future, so that was pretty rough. Yeah, but... we all... I did too, Tirza. Mine was not as oh. exciting as I thought it would be. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna get eaten by a dragon or something. What? That's I how sure, you die? I sure pissed off Pyre... I'm sure gonna piss off Pyre Scale. I don't Can know how. Switch, please, that's way... I, I, I think I follow my dad into a into a pool and drown. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't think of a worse death. <laughs> Sid, I didn't even know you had a dad. I'll have to yeah. write to Nata. I mean, I assumed that you probably did, because, like, that's how that works, but... Everyone has a dad. Living, do and... You know, do you not know how half-elves work? Do you not know where the other half... Of... Uh, Tirza, you didn't Tears just it? appear in the Jar of Sheer one day. You had a mother and a did father. They, did they not um, tell you about that kind of thing? Tirza is, again, bright red. <laughs> <laughs> We're all shooting side eyes at Omatep, just like I, I'm not teaching them. I'm not going to explain it to them. Omatep is just smiling and counting money, going, and then looks up and goes, "I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention." <laughs> uh, okay, so we got potions. Potions, excellent. Potion. Uh, is there anything else we need? Um, I'd like to take a look at something to rate. Well, okay, I don't, Cherish doesn't say this, but, like, I would like to see something that would maybe raise my AC just a smidge. You're looking for some kind of defensive protective items of some kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see. Well, time to... say something, Tirza? Nothing. Olivia was just saying, Cass, I'm literally looking up armor right now. Uh, Brain twins. My problem is I can't wear armor, so like I gotta find something else. Like a magic ring or something? I think those are super expensive. I think they are, yeah. Omatep nods slightly. Omatep says, we have plenty of crazy magical items that could help bolster your defenses, but um, how much do you have to spend? What kind of price range am I looking for? Um, 500 max. Okay, okay. I think I can work with this. Uh, here, follow me. He leads you over to a corner of his newly dubbed apothecary. He goes to a large barrel, pulls off the lid, and hands it to you. Uh... Now, this is something we call a shield. 
Oh, I'm not proficient with this. Oh, and he takes the barrel top away from you. Then well, looks into the barrel, grabs the barrel and sticks it over Cherish. <laughs> sticks the I think this counts as armor, unfortunately. Which I'm also not proficient with. Oh, I see. Takes the barrel off. Well, uh, look. I am very, uh... <laughs> You were going to charge me $500 for 500 gold pieces for the top of a barrel? <laughs> it's a magic barrel? Is it? Yes! Like take a look at it helps you float? You <laughs> <laughs> don't even need a boat to get to the old tower. It's, it's true. I have it on the reputation of several very fine dwarves. This barrel will carry you all the way down the river. <laughs> Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, I just don't know why. Down the dark swift stream. Okay, well, I've, never mind then. I'd like to take a look at some quarterstaffs. Uh, very well. Uh, let That's, us see. Yeah, just moving on from this whole interaction. <laughs> yeah. Omatep can show you quite a few magic items. The problem being, everything he shows you is a little out of your price range. Omatep, spe Omatep specializes in the fantastical and the magical. Anything of a mundane quality has no place in Duskwalker import and export. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for the healing potions. I'm. Uh... Hey guys, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go see if I can find a a quarter staff or something. Peace. All right. Is there anything else? Just we... leave. <laughs> Is there anything else anybody needs? I mean, I don't know if we can afford um, anything. Depends what and you're I... looking for. Yeah, that's true. Items uh, that improve AC and magical weapons tend to be a little bit more expensive, but there are several more esoteric items that could be useful. Like something of water walking? <laughs> That'd probably also be spendy, huh? Yeah, Omatep could give you a potion of water walking. Oh, how much would that be? 500 gold. Oh! <laughs> uh, I do have that, but... Oh, you know what? Hmm? I need a, I, I, I've always wanted to learn a musical instrument. Mm. Do you have anything? I do, I do. Uh, several fine bards have recently... Uh, Donated, yes, <laughs> their instruments to my fine store, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I would be happy to part with them. I have several very fine instruments that uh, could be very well. Uh, they have mystical properties, it is said. Okay, well, let's take a look at the options here. Okay, then. As I bring up the magic items, because there is specifically the magic instruments, whatever it's called. I have no training. Yeah. He <laughs> brings you over to a set of pipes that have a strange skull worked into the handle. They appear to be a a raven and a crow skull worked into the handle, and the pipes themselves appear to be made of bone. There is also another set of pipes that have strange rat carvings all over them. Mm. <gasps> I don't know if that's really the thing. Are those the two? And he says, yes. These sets of pipes were given to me by a pair of, uh, well, some would call them mad pipers. 
But, uh, <laughs> did they have a reputation? What is the reputation? Oh, um, well, <laughs> let's just say don't use these to go luring children out of their homes. I wouldn't recommend okay. it. Hmm. Because it'd be effective or it'd be ineffective? A little bit of column A, then with the torches and pitchforks, a little bit of column B. Ah, gotcha. Well, I'm not feeling these. It doesn't really fit my, you know, aesthetic, you know. It's very doom and gloom, unfortunately. No, 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 no. What you find here are the pipes of hunting and the pipes of sewers. You could have a a very merry swarm of rats following you. Uh, you said one of them was pipes of hunting? Oh, haunting. No, a very oh, okay. com- common misconception, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It doesn't so much let you hunt better so much as something begins to haunt you. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That is tempting. That is tempting. Um, but uh, maybe I'll have to... I'll I'll think about it. I'll, I'll mull it over when I get back on my journey. Maybe I'll, I'll make a more finite I'll, I'll just put these aside for you, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm good. Anybody else need anything? I have no money, so... Oh. Fair enough. So, uh, as soon as you say that, Omotep says, Well, look at that! It's almost time for closing. (laughs) I think it is time for you all to uh, just uh, scamper on, maybe follow your friend Cherish. Alexander will see you out. And the little black and white capuchin will begin to tug at your pant legs and say, This way, come on. Or not say, but gesture. I was going to say, I was like, oh my god, Alexander, you talk! Oh my god. Alexander Uh, talks with very, very poignant facial expressions and hand gestures. Okay. Uh, Okay. Are you, Cherish, you're already gone, is that correct? I probably waited for you guys outside. Yeah. You're just making a very dramatic exit. I, I, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, as you're leaving, Sid, you are the only one left with money. And as mm-hmm. you're leaving, Omatep would like to grab you by the shoulder and take you aside for a moment. Mm, okay. He says, Sid, Sid, my friend, before you leave, uh, you are uh, leaving town soon, yes? That's what I'm gathering? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before you I go... I think I put my hand on my wallet, so I, I make sure <laughs> that I hold on to all the money in it. <laughs> And he says, there are many, many traders throughout the valley, people who will try to sell their wares, but none as fine as Omatep and Duskwalker. You will admit this, yes? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I've seen very little of the valley, but as far as I've seen so far, you're second to none. You will not find a better shop than mine, my friend. And uh, (laughs) on your journeys, I would perhaps like to make it a little bit easier for you to... uh, Find your way back, as it were. Uh, okay. And he produces a small, what looks like a business card, and he hands it to you. Okay. He says, if you ever find yourself in a city, I am never that far away, my friend. Okay. Um... You take the business card, and on the front it says, Duskwalker Import and Export TM. And underneath it just says, established. <laughs> On the back side, it details a ritual spell. Oh. Duskwalker. 
uh, I assume this is some sort of, I mean, I don't know, like a teleportation spell or something, or... Do you ask this of Omatep? Yeah. Is this, is that what it is? No, not precisely. Um, let us just say my door opens to any who are willing to find it. And if you look at the ritual spell, you'll see that it needs five gold, a banana, and a ritual circle drawn in chalk. Um, okay, this is a question for you, Mike. Mm -hmm. How common are bananas in the valley? They are common enough. They grow primarily along the banks of the river in the drylands. They okay. are one of the more common tropical-ish fruit. So five gold, one They're banana. They're hardy desert bananas. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I love it. Uh, and then you said chalk, is that right? Yes. Chalk. Great. Um... Oh, you know, I just thought of something. Um, uh, this is great. Thank you so much for this. Um, of course. Do you have anything that would help uh, a group of people communicate um, to each other from a distance? Hmm. You know, I have just the thing. Uh, wait right uh, here. Okay. And he comes back with a two pairs of semaphore flags. And he says, these, these are the ticket. What, what do they do? Well, you hold them up in different orientations and can communicate over great distances a some kind of code or uh, communication. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's uh, just out of curiosity. How much, how, much you, how much are you offering those for? For you, Sid, my friend, I would part mm -hmm. with these for a paltry 300 gold. <laughs> you know, it's it's just such a good deal. But hey, what do you know? I, uh, you know, made some bad investments. Gotta go. Bye. And then I walk away. Okay. And we hold on Omatep for a second. And he will hand the semaphore flags back to Alexander and say, Looks like he didn't want the semaphore flags of message. So... I guess, uh, what are we going to do? Put them back with the other stock. I was giving him such a deal, too. Normally, these things are worth like a thousand. Go Where are you going, Alexander? And we follow the players away from Duskwalker Import and Export. Oh, it's so good. If you want to buy any mundane items, as they are listed in the player's handbook, they can be found almost anywhere in the city. It is a vast and bustling metropolis. It is easy to find what you're looking for. Okay. Um, definitely, we're going to need some rations. You, uh, Cherish, you said you need to get some uh, weapons. Is that correct? I just wanted to look at a quarterstaff. I just have uh, daggers and, I don't know, I, I thought it would be neat to get a, w one of the only other few weapons that I can handle. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do it. Where would you like to go? Which district would you like to go to to look for a quarterstaff? Good question. I don't have a copy of that map. That's because um, if we'd like to bring up our old friend the city map, we will see that Stormhaven uh, is divided into six districts. Currently, you are in Mason's Way, the southernmost district. To the 
West, we have the Dustwater District, which is the largest and perhaps most cosmopolitan district as it spreads out away from Old Haven, which is the central guild-controlled district. To the north, we have Green Terrace, which is a bit more magically inclined, elvish central district. On the east, we have Nightside, which is a bit of a rough-and-tumble neighborhood. And, of course, in the center of all of everything, we have Hall Hill, which is where the central guilds of Stormhaven are located, as well as the mayor's residence. Um, I'll go... Uh, to Mason's Way. Okay. As you are already in Mason's Way, it is an easy I'll journey. I'll stay there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you see a a stall that hasn't quite been packed up from the Maker Festival yet. And it's there you see a great many wooden items that have been crafted by this robust, burly human with a glorious mustache. Mm. Trustworthy already. And this woodworker will furrow their brow as there don't seem to be any rush to pack up their goods. You're not quite sure what, where they're from or what they intend to do with the rest of their items, but it seems as though they, while they did a brisk trade, not even a third of their stock is sold after the end of the, the Maker Festival. And you yeah. see unstrung bows, quarterstaves, several canoes. It just seems to be a uh, fine woodworker stall that's been set up. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, you know, say to him, like, hey, I know you're packing up, uh, can I take a look at some of these quarterstaffs? And he'll look at you and say, not packing up quite yet. You're welcome to browse my wares. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, so, I think Cherish just sort of, like, puts her hands on her hips and, like, looks at the quarterstaffs. Kind of, like, Holds one in her hand. Like, and you can see they're all made of a variety of woods. And as you pick one up, the man will say, Ah, the rosewood. You've got fine taste. Yes. If you're in the market for quarterstaffs, can I ask what you'll be doing with it? Um, hitting people. Ah. <laughs> Mostly. Well, see, what you got there is a bit more of a decorative piece. If you're looking for something oh. with a bit more heft to it. I th I'd recommend the darker oaks or maybe even the ironwood. You know, I have that imported oh. from up north. Oh, wow. How much is that? Uh, what's the standard price for a quarterstaff? Two silver pieces. It would be five silver. <laughs> for the ironwood. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Let's do it. It takes seven. Excellent, excellent choice. Can I get your name? Uh, Cherish. Cherish. Very good. Um, he'll take the Ironwood Staff aside, and he'll say, Are you ready? And a little chisel at his side will say, Always. And no. he'll chisel in a language. Uh, what languages do you know? Uh, I know several. Um, oh my god, can it be, can it be in Infernal? That's so choice and on brand. Um, I, you yeah. can request it. Yeah. Um, so the woodworker will look up at you, raise a thick eyebrow, and go, 
Uh, you want it in Infernal. I'm sorry, I don't know that language. Could you write it down for me? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. I do that. And as he's working, he says, each one of my pieces is hand-engraved as to be personalized for the owner. Oh, that's so amazing. If there's anything specific you want worked into it, I could do that. Oh, just my name is fine. Alrighty then. Standard I'm, it I'm is. I'm, like, grateful enough as it is. What was your name? Nicholas. Nicholas. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Cherish, was it? Mm-hmm. And Nicholas will carve into this thing with this little bevel, and with it seems to slice through wood as though it were butter. This Ooh. particular forge-bonded item seems to have the ability to just work away wood as though it were nothing. Nice. And they will carve in their name in the little, in the exact same script as how you wrote it, so it looks like it's in your handwriting. And then he will pick up gingerly and blow away some of the scraps, sand it down a little bit, and say, Here you are, Miss Cherish. One ironwood quarterstaff. Good oh, for hitting. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad. Well, if there's anything uh, else I can be doing for you? Um, uh, I think that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if you had a few things. Um, do you have, um, caltrops? I am a woodworker. Oh, sorry. Where are we? Sorry. I'm <laughs> right not paying attention. Did. Sid just rolled up. <laughs> caltrops, <laughs> like, please. Hey, I need some caltrops. Like, Sid, this is a woodworking state. This is a woodworker's, uh, booth. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. What was your name? Kevin? Nicholas. 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 It's Nicholas. You look like a really swell guy, Nicholas. And you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sid, let's go. Oh, okay. Do you know where I can and find the like, No? I, okay. I, I have the corner staff, and I'm, like, wrapping my arm, like, around Sid's arm, like, okay, bye, Nicholas. Thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you, Miss Cherish. Um... So, finding caltrops is easy enough. You can get those at any blacksmith. Great. Anything else anyone would like to purchase? Yes. I, oh, me too. Oh. Yes. Um, I have a, I have a list, so I don't, I don't know if. I only have two things. Okay, okay. we'll take care of your stuff first then. Um, I need to purchase, uh, like a skein, uh, of white cloth. Okay. I only need a little bit of it. Okay, you can acquire that pretty easily. Uh, so over the course of the next... Basically, if you want to collect all of these things, you'll spend most of the day going around yeah. finding what you're looking for. I just wanted to get Nicholas the Woodworker in there. Um, sure. The rest... He's amazing. I'm, I already love him, so... It's true. He's my new dad. Where Cass. he's... <laughs> where he's from and where his primary shop is, you don't know, but... No, Maybe don't. one day we'll find out. Who knows? Final boss. Uh, quick question mm -hmm. uh, about the quarter staff. So, nope, that's quarter world. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> so, is it like just a normal quarter staff, or is it like better because it's made of ironwood? Or it won't break as easily. Okay, that's good. It's always a good thing. But functionally, it is a quarter staff. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So. 
Unless there is anything else, the rest of the day passes with you doing several errands. Tirza and Sid going about shopping, finding supplies that you need. Grawl, is there anything you would like to accomplish on this last day um, in Stormhaven? Grawl's pretty self-contained. Um, he, the only thing that he's going to go purchase is like food rations and whatnot. Okay. Um, and those are amply available. In fact, you could okay. probably yeah. order any kind of trail rations you would want through the Wandering Rose. Poe, the okay. half-giant owner of the inn, is more than happy to help hook you up with supplies, and as she gets most of that stuff at a bulk discount, she can sort of hook you up where the price is concerned. Nice. We're going to be traveling for 14 days, is that correct? Um, so we're going to need 14 days worth of Rations. Twelve days. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Thank you. Um, write that down. So, before you leave, Calcon and Netta would like to say their goodbyes because Calcon has yet to depart for the Drylands, but they intend to as soon as Cherish leaves the city. Um, and Netta intends on staying here, at least for the time being, to cover for the fact that Tirza is off gallivanting. Thanks. But she is willing to do so. Cass, I don't know if you want to go first. Um, how much were the rations? Don't uh, worry. Five okay. silver pieces. Yeah, they're negligible amounts. Because they're less than that because of Poe's discount. Okay, oh, right. Perfect. Sorry, I just wanted right. to update my gold. My gold. Um, yeah, I can go first. So, Calcon has packed up all of her belongings into a big cart and is preparing to leave the Wandering Rose, her cart parked outside. She is... This is perhaps the night before you intend to leave, and she intends to leave the next day as well. And you find her inside the inn proper, enjoying a, a hearty meal before she hits the road, and her uh, counting some of the money she's garnered over the course of the Maker Festival very slowly and carefully. It seems as though mm -hmm. math is maybe not her strong suit. Yeah, Me which too. I I think I would I would know. So cherish like, is she at the bar or at a table? She's at a table. Like, Cherish sits down next to her at the table, but just sort of sits there quietly until she gets to a stopping point. And you see that she's got this big ledger in front of her, and her thick, second-grader-looking handwriting tallying up. She's, like, hash-mark tallying each gold and copper and silver she's acquired over the course of the five-day festival. And as you sit down, she will... Look up and about to say something, but then like six, six, six. Like she's trying to keep her place and then keep counting copper until she gets to the end. And then go, whew, as though she just completed some kind of race. Yeah. <laughs> and then look up at you and say, Cherish, it's, <laughs> how are you? How you? How you holding up? I'm okay. Um... And she'll like thump, 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 scoot her chair over to sit closer to you. <laughs> Um, I'm okay. Um, I'm kind of upset that no one listened to me, um, or did what I asked. Um, 
-hmm. And I'm sad about it, too, because Camion got really hurt, and they didn't need to, and kind of mad at the old mage, because that's technically her fault, because Camion trusted her so much, and I just don't know what to do. How can I trust people if they won't listen to me? That's that's a that's a pretty good question, Cherish. It's one I struggled with as well. Um, I, I would say, don't hold it against them. People can be brash. People can make flawed decisions, but if they're willing to keep working at it, that's got to be worth something. So even if you were right once, that doesn't mean they're wrong forever. I suppose. I just wish I would have been able to talk to Camion before they left. Well, my experience and Kalkan will sort of get moody for a second. A Ladrin can be a flighty bunch sometimes. Yeah. So, I wouldn't hold it against them. It's in their nature. If they're going to make amends, they will in time. Okay. But, that being said, you were still right. I know! Don't forget that part. Did all that research. And she takes a big, thick finger and, like, thumps you on the head, maybe a little too hard, and says, just gotta remember to keep using that one up there, that meat, the muscles, your brain. Yes. No, I know what you mean. Yep. The think meat. The think meat, right. Uh, well, um, I don't know when I'm going to be back home. That's a weird way to start that conversation. Um, and she just puts a big hand on your shoulder and she says, I know. It's, <laughs> it's time. I'll try to write to you. And she gets a little bit choked up and she says, my little girl's going to be an adventurer. Mom, stop. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> is there anyone around to, to see this interaction happening? Uh, it, this is just hap <coughs> happening in the common room of the Wandering yeah, Rose, so probably. if you want to be there, you can be. No, I was just wondering if there are like, other like like customers just like, what is going on over there? The, maybe maybe a few. Um, okay. Again, the Wandering Rose has pretty much been reserved for the Threadless up until now, simply because you would be mobbed by people if it wasn't for the seemingly out-of-nowhere kindness of Poe, who's just kind of shut down her business for you, and you're not you're never really quite sure why. Uh, she seems to have some relationship with Netta and Kalkan, Though you're not quite sure where that developed or how that started. Um, I think at this point we're hugging and crying. And uh, she'll look over and like see the quarterstaff that you bought, and she says, "Oh, new new quarterstaff for you then." Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't actually think I know how to use it, um, but I'm pretty sure it, you know it's a stick that you hit people with. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Nope. My girl's a smart one. She'll she'll figure it out. Aww. Um, and she says, "But here, give me that. I'll I'm gonna. You go to bed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll do something special with this." Okay. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Um, and Calcon will take your quarterstaff and wander away with it. I kiss her on the cheek before she leaves. And she gets a little red. Mom, thanks. Tirza, you can find Netta, uh, out back. She has never slept in a a room here at the Wandering Rose. She prefers to sleep in a cleaned-out horse's stall in the... Fuck yeah. In the stables out back. Of course she fucking does. She's laid out a simple cloth that looks like a prayer rug slash sleeping roll. Alright. Sorry. She's so fucking cool. And you find her... One of the few times you've ever seen her having doffed all of her armor. You know she does this at night, but she usually does it away from prying eyes. Um, And she's standing there just in plain clothes... Or she's kneeling in plain clothes... And it looks as though she's in prayer. Um, I kind of do a little tap, tap, tap on the door, the threshold, or the, yeah, the door jam as I walk in. And she will make the sign of prayer among the jars here, which is like tapping three points in space around their head, uh, mm-hmm. representing the, the three serpents that follow each of the jars here faithful. Mm-hmm. And then she will turn and look at you and say, Ah, Tirza, it is good to see you. Yes, and you you as well. How are you holding up? I'll be fine. I know you will. I'm... I... This final test has been... Not what... Not what I expected, but I think we're finally going to get some answers, which I'm pleased about. That is good. We're leaving tomorrow. I I thought I would say goodbye and ask what your plans are. For now, I will stay in the city. I will aid the Divine Athenium how I can. And perhaps make sure the Scaled Council is unaware of your comings and goings. I thank you. That's, um, I appreciate it. Make sure you take care of Poe and the Wandering Rose, too. I, <laughs> she's been so kind to us. She owes Kalkan and I a few favors. Well, then keep her further in your debt. Be nice anyway. I will try. And when she says, I will try, you think it's a pretty genuine, like, she'll try. (laughs) Uh, I suppose this is farewell until until I return and and, uh, take my vows. Yes. Once you... Fulfill your vows, you will become... And she pauses and... 
Again, you sort of feel that brink of emotion. A thunder guard, such as I am. But until then, you are free to do as you please. Yes. Well, I will d- I'll do my best to to serve the Jarashir without serving the Scaled Council. <laughs> uh. Your faith is not determined by the orders of old men. <laughs> thank you. I think I'm starting to realize that. I thank you for for everything, really. Um Thank the storm, girl. It is by their providence that we persevere and prepare. The last augur is drawn, so it is only a matter of time now. And Tears of Grin's really, really big. And for the uh, first time, you see a quirk at the edge of Netta's face as she grins a little bit as well. And by cloak and by shield, we shall be harbored. <laughs> and then, um... May Azid the Haka ignore your passing. Uh, and I don't think they hug. I think she she goes to Neta, and they do like I don't know what whatever their approximation is. I'm it's some sort of like weird arm clasp thing. Like she just grabs her hands. It is a clasp of the forearms, and then the mm-hmm. offhand will grab the shoulder. Oh, cute! <laughs> and she's really big, so I have to reach for it. That's good. <laughs> and she'll sort of like. Slump a little bit so that you can. Yay. And, and then, yeah. And she says, uh, before you leave, I I have a small gift. A gift? For me? Yes. Oh. It's a, a little unorthodox, I know. but. And she sort of scrambles for words, can't really find anything, and then she'll just run over to her doffed armor and pick up what looks like a necklace, and come back over to you, and she'll present it to you, and it is the the representation of one of the Outer Storm gods, as the Jarashir worship them. Um, it is... Oh, what is her name? Should have had this written down. Sorry. It's all good. I'm also finding my our our chat about that. Yeah. Uh it is a a little totem of Shamaran the Wise. And she says <laughs> it's this little figurine carved of what looks like bone or some kind of ivory. And she will hand it over to you and say, This has brought me luck through many adventures, and I pray it will do the same for you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Thank you, Neta. I will... I'll use it well. 
I know you will. So, the next day... Can I, can I make a stop before we leave? Yeah, sure. Like the, uh, the day before or on the way out of town? The day before. Okay. Um, sort of when, when they're... Um, yeah, I want to um, stop by my mom's grave. Okay. Um, your mom is buried... Bring up the town map one more time. On the very northern side of Nightside, there is a huge graveyard that services most of Hall Hill. It borders with the Green Terrace, and some of that graveyard seeps into the Green Terrace proper. It, your mother is buried more on the Green Terrace side, so you have to pass through some rich, wealthy neighborhoods to reach your mom's grave, but eventually yeah. you get there. You never found out who paid for this grave, but it is a remarkable stone that mm -hmm. is made of several swirling gemstones. Um, so I, one of my, um, uh, one of my things that I bought, I bought, um, just sort of flowers and I'm, I'm going to leave them and I'm going to sit, um, in front um, of the stone for a while. Um, and I'm just gonna, when I, I think for a bit and I, I, I say, um, um, I'm going to be leaving soon, so I'm not going to be able to visit for a while. Um, and I'm really excited because I I haven't left Stormhaven since um since everything happened. So um yeah, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun. And um I'm gonna go to all the places that you told me about and maybe they know about you there too. Um but I hope I do you proud and um, I hope that what I saw in the, in the trials wasn't true. Um, yeah. Okay. And as you're leaving the gravesite, you hear the voice of Stormpiercer soft at your hip say, Angela would be proud of you, Sid. Thanks. <laughs> and this is the first time you've ever heard Stormpiercer reference your mother. You know that so the sword belonged to her initially, but it's never he's never made any passing reference to your mother, especially not by name. So would it be a little off-putting for me, like a little strange? It would certainly be a unique experience. Can I... I... Sorry, I've never heard you say her name before. Are you... Can you... Would you be able to talk about her at all, Stormpiercer? What do you, what do you remember? If you can. 
Stormpiercer is silent. Oh. Maybe later, I guess. <laughs> and I think on that note is where we'll take our break. And when we return, our adventurers will leave Stormhaven, some of them for the first time. So. Greetings, my friends. Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here once again to bring you many fine deals from my shop's inventory. Okay, no creepy voices this week. That's really good. Anyway, I am here to talk to you about one of the most useful items an adventurer can have in their inventory, and that is, of course, the thing that can carry your entire inventory, a bag of holding. The bag comes in a variety of style and color options, and while it may look humble on the outside, it is the inside that counts, for within this bag you can fit up to 500 pounds, not exceeding a volume of 64 cubic feet, of course, though no matter how much you put in the bag, it always ever weighs 15 pounds. Easy to carry, but still heavy enough to clock someone over the head with. Unfortunately, if the bag is ever overloaded, pierced, or torn, it ruptures and is destroyed, spilling its contents all over the ground. Ah, wait, did I say ground? I sort of meant astral plane. It scatters the contents over the astral plane. Though if you turn the bag inside out, it does in fact spill the contents all over the ground on this material plane. <laughs> Way less messy. And of course, in a pinch, the bag can serve as a convenient hiding place, though be warned, it only has about ten minutes of breathable air inside there. That is why I recommend this added bonus item, a straw. One free straw with every purchase of a bag of holding. Duskwalker Import and Export TM is of course not responsible if you place the bag of holding into an extra-dimensional space, such as a portable hole, because of course this will cause a rift to the astral plane to open right before your eyes and suck everything in. So please, don't do that. I have enough complaints to deal with as it is. Today only I am willing to part with this one-of-a-kind bag of holding, in the shape of a very convenient pack to go around one's fanny for the low, low price of 750 gold. How about it? Come on. Okay, last chance. All right, well, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When we last left our heroes, they had done some shopping, had some emotional parting of ways with their significant others, both alive and otherwise. And... The significant I've, others, right? Guardians probably are is the better yeah. word, the more correct word. Are they not I'm others not, who are significant to you? I'm not I'm dating my mom. I am also not dating my mom. Look, y'all put a lot of connotations on words that I don't necessarily appreciate. That's just what I'm saying here. It's like cultural connotations, though. Like, they're pretty widespread. I We're just, playing in I a want, different world. I want our yeah. listeners to know that different I'm not world, dating my meanings. mom. Okay. As long as that's clear. Yeah. Okay. Various guardian types, then. Thank you. Sticklers for language over here. Anyway. As we return, it is the next day. Grawl, you find yourself up and ready to go long before some of these young fools. You were ready to go yesterday. Yeah. 
In fact, we shouldn't have been shopping. We, we should have left. We could have started walking and been there instead of like waiting for people. You know that the guy you talked to in order to set up some kind of bodyguard duty was the local, I guess, sergeant at arms for one of the Guardian Guilds. They are an organization referred to as the Lock Wardens. They patrol and police the rivers and lakes of the valley, and they make sure that any groups moving to and fro down the waterways are protected, at least the, as best they can. So, you know that in four days' time, a caravan will be leaving up the river to Lake Quelio from Wickmore's Landing. So, y'all better be there by then, or else the train's leaving without you. So it is now the fifth day of the month of salt. On the ninth day of the month of salt, that caravan will leave from Wickmore's Landing. It should be a three-day journey to the city. Okay. Let's hope it goes smoothly. Yeah, here's hoping. As you're leaving and... The rest of the adventurers are getting up and having breakfast. Grawl, you stand out in the street, sort of tapping your foot, ready to go. Your great sword sort of resting at your side, because having it over your shoulder the whole time is wearisome if you're not actively marching. I've got it, like, planted in the ground, and I'm leaning on it. Mm -hmm. It's like <laughs> shoulder height, just, like, looking at, like... Not a watch, because watches don't exist. Looking down uh, at your wrist sundial? Yeah. <laughs> And every so often, your eyes will flick to those faintly glowing green runes at the base of the blade, right where the blade meets the hilt of your sword, and that name that you can't quite shake in a language that up until now you didn't know you could read. That name, of course, being Mott. Family name. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, are people streaming out of the the inn yet, or am I still waiting? It is early enough that people are coming and going, though your companions haven't necessarily risen. You're rising with the sun. They're maybe not necessarily doing so. I don't know. What time does everyone else get up? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Oh, okay. He's back. Oh, he's back. He's back. All of us lost you. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. I was rising with the sun. And that was that was it. What mm -hmm. time do the rest of our adventurers awaken? Mm. I mean, I'm probably next up. I think Tirza is a morning person. Ugh. <laughs> Can't <Amen. really. laughs> Um Cherish is probably up definitely after Tirza and before Sid. Yes, Sid is absolutely the last person to wake up. He's mostly a night person. <laughs> all right. Grawl, eventually all of your companions are awake and downstairs eating breakfast. Meanwhile, you've been awake for hours now, just tapping <laughs> your foot. <sighs> Have I seen, like, has anyone stopped to talk to me at all? Have I, like, noticed anyone? Someone stops to talk to you right now, in fact. Yay! As you are sitting outside, just 
angrily tapping your foot, staring sort of into the middle distance again, your eyes being drawn every once in a while down to that rune. A figure will approach you and give you a sort of appreciative nod as they look you up and down. Do I recognize this person? No. They seem to just look you once over and give you a, a brief smile and they try to walk past you into the Wandering Rose. What does this person look like? It's a human male. Roll for attractiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Roll for sexy. Human male That's in a one. their early 30s. Okay. A little bit of like five o'clock shadow, but not a full beard. Black hair. I would say probably middle of the road dress. Hmm. And okay. as they walk past, I need you to make a perception check. Uh, eighteen plus three. No, so that's uh, twenty-two. 22. You definitely notice as they walk past, as the knife leaves their sleeve and they're turning to gut you just as you notice. So okay. You, you get the first action here. Yay. Hooray perception. Yay. Oh, darn. This is as close as Grawl gets to getting laid. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, there's jokes about, you know, getting action and whatnot. Grawl, so. what are you doing? There's someone coming I'm, at you with a knife. Yeah, I'm gonna... Fuck, there's jokes to be made. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna fucking... Uh, do I want to dodge... Uh, shield. You cast shield? Yeah. Okay. So... That is going to be a 9 to hit, is not going to make it. No. All right. So, uh, that was their attack, and then we're back over to Grawl. Okay. Um, Your shield fades well, as their knife scatters across that crackling green energy you summoned in front of you. And they, yeah. they let out a curse and start backing up a little bit. Knife still in their hand. Um. Yeah, well, so the greatsword's already out, so that might as well go with that. Um, I'm going to whack away at him. Okay, give me an uh, attack roll. Uh, 12 plus 7, so That's 19. a hit. Yay. Um, so, 2d6. Uh, 9. Okay. There is a horrible spray of crimson as you cut this person down, and they slump to the front doorstep of the Wandering Rose in bloody heaps, dead at your feet. Well, uh, I pop my I, I pop my head into uh, into you said the Wandering Rose. Mm -hmm. Yep, I pop my head in there. Uh, we gotta go. We need to leave now. The rest of you are downstairs eating breakfast, having your morning tea. Cherish, Kalkun has approached you with that iron, with your ironwood quarterstaff, and she will show you that she has made several attachments for it that can be fitted over the top of it to make it into different types of weapons. Oh, that's cool. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, that is cool. Uh, I'm just not gonna 
be proficient with any of them, but that's fine. And she says, look, um, I know you're not necessarily good with all of this stuff, but with a little practice and some time, this could be a very effective tool. And as she's saying right. this, Grawl puts their head inside and says, uh, time to go. We need to go. We need to go now. Um, uh, also, uh, so after I yell that, uh, can I look at, are they like dead dead or are they like gasping for air They're still alive? They are in two separate pieces. Yay. Okay. One of the pieces, I want to check their like arms. I want to see it. I want to check and look at their forearms. You find a scarlet brand on the inner left forearm of a three-toed claw. I pop my head back in again. Hey, hey, we gotta go now. (laughs) We need to not be here. We have to leave. I don't think any of us have heard Grawl say the word hey before, so that's probably the thing that makes us go like, uh, we maybe we should go. I'm taking, I'm I'm grabbing my greatsword and using the, the, like, uh, the pommel of it to bang on the inside of the door when it's open, like, now, now, we have to go now. I take a bag and I kind of shovel a bunch of food in there (laughs) and just, and just tie it up and take it with me. Um, Yeah, like, I, I'm assuming I already have all my stuff, like, down downstairs with me. Yeah, all, yeah, all of your bags and packs are packed and ready to go by the door. Poe has laden you with enough supplies to get you to the tower, presumably, if it mm-hmm. takes you the prescribed 12 days. And so you have water skins, everything you could need for this journey, all packed up and ready to go by the door. So, if you're heeding Grawl's insistence on leaving, you can very easily snag up all of your stuff and just walk right out the door. I yeah. grab one of, like, someone's like satchel thing and I grab it with me um, and I'm indicating to everyone else that uh, you know hey uh, I'm just going to start walking towards the place where we need to be and there's very clearly blood on my greatsword and and as I'm assuming you haven't like moved this dead guy by the door no, that's, two, that's two different halves yeah, I, that's, as, that's as, double work <laughs> as Tirza is walking out the door she's like well I, I guess we I guess we better follow him oh Oh my gosh, this guy is hurt. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what he's happened very to this? Hurt. What happened to this man? I we oh, have to slipped. find out who did this. Oh, he slipped. He fell. Grawl. Did you do pieces. this? Was this you? This screams you. This it, it it was me. In fact, it it was me. Uh, he tried to kill me. We have to go. Oh. Oh. Okay. And you definitely do see the knife on the stone next to the corpse wielded in the hand that was linked to the branded arm. Do I see the brand? I think it's still probably pretty visible. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh, this is one of those cultists that kidnapped me in Kalkin. Oh yeah, and we, guys, we gotta go. Should we tell the owner of the Wandering Rose really quick before... Poe is wandering up behind you and saying... Cultist, nope, I've got it. You've got you kids go. <laughs> oh, thank you, Poe. It's a thank common you. problem. More common than I'd like. <laughs> wow. Cool. All right. We're heading off at a at a healthy clip. So <laughs> the three of you grab your packs and Grawl, I don't even know if you noticed this, but the person's pack who you grabbed was not any of your companions. You just grabbed some rando's pack and you're carrying uh-huh. it. Um uh-huh. So you have an extra pack with you, just letting you know that. Woo! Woo! Cool. All right. Oh, it's filled with foodstuffs. 
mostly chicken. And the three of you scramble west into the Dustwater District, away from the slain cultist, and attempting to get out of Stormhaven. It is several hours before you're actually out of the city proper, but it is a quick enough jaunt through the city. Behind you, you maybe hear the sounds of the Haven Guard, those urban members of Guardian Guilds who are saying, Oh, what's all this thing? <laughs> you know, like they do. Like they do. Like they do. But by the time you start hearing, hearing those exclamations, you are already well down the road. Making your way through the city of Stormhaven. Yes. Yeah, like, y'all were famous. <laughs> so, like, alright, anyway, then right, it's probably nothing. Band on the run. As I was... As I was saying, <laughs> making your way through the city of Stormhaven, you are all pretty conspicuous as you, the albino hobgoblin, the member of the Jarashir, bearing all the tokens thereof, the purple tiefling, <laughs> and Sid Emberlite. Who has done nothing but carouse and make their <laughs> reputation known for the last year? <laughs> Very important. <laughs> Are a bit of a sight to behold as people stop and say, "Oh, hey, it's those ones." Um, there's not really a name for you group. Some people know the term threadless, but most people don't. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, um. uh, you're usually referred to as the Taken Ones or those who appear. Mm. Well, that's yeah, not bad. Some people even call you the Old Mage's Chosen. No, I don't like that. Yeah, that's that's too long. Bad. It's too long. Just saying, yeah. those that's, those are the names you all hear as you're walking past. No, and we're telling people the ones we like and don't like as we pass. <laughs> <laughs> One of you keeps a small notebook of like the best one. There's tally marks next to them. Eventually, you make it to the edge of Stormhaven, and Sid, this is a bit of a novel experience for you, because, as you said before, you've not left Stormhaven since your mother's death. Mm -hmm. Can I just make a reference really quick? If I take one more step, this is the farthest I'll have been from home. It's not, but it's the farthest yeah. I'll have been from home in a while. In quite a while. I had some... And, just rewatched that. I and with that, we've reached our Lord of the Rings quota for the evening. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I forgot we referenced The Hobbit earlier. <laughs> um, it did happen. Yes. So, as you leave the city, you go out onto the open track. It is about a day's journey before you hit Westbridge, which is a large bridge that over that moves over this three-pronged cross-section of rivers west of Stormhaven. As you move down the road, you see other travelers, but it's scarce enough. It seems like the large mass exodus from Stormhaven post the Maker Festival has pretty much run its course. So you are maybe seeing ev people every mile or so, but it's not the steady stream of people you would have maybe seen five days ago. All right. Is there anything you would like to accomplish on the first day of travel? Mm -hmm. Can we sacrifice doing that and maybe put ourselves ahead of where we wanted to be? Okay. Or no? You can't. Right, if that's. Yeah. Moving at a fast pace 
you sacrifice some of your ability to observe your surroundings. So if you choose to move at a faster clip than is like a normal marching pace, you would be making your perception checks out in the field with disadvantage. It's up to you, I guess. I'm fine with going faster. Meets, yeah. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Okay. So, you pick up the pace, moving at a heated clip, putting more distance between yourself and the city. You think you could probably get to Westbridge by nightfall if you keep pushing. It'll probably be a little ways into the night by the time you get there. Cool. But you know there is like a semi-permanent campsite-like location just on this side of Westbridge. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah, I can dig it. Everyone give me perception checks with disadvantage. Oh, that's... Oh, man. Yeah? Does it beat a three? Oh, it does. It's just my... The good roll was really good, so... Well, my well, perception... Sucks. Yeah, my good roll was a nat 20. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so Sorry, what are, guys. What are our adjusted rolls? Seven. Six. Eleven. Thirteen. Cool. So... Pushing forward, you don't necessarily pay much attention to the passers-by on the road, though they are certainly paying attention to you. You are focused on putting miles beneath your feet. And you do. Covering a solid 30 miles over the course of the day, night has fallen, and the stars are rising on this crisp month of salt evening. The briskness of winter is beginning to set in in the valley. And you know in a few weeks' time, snow will begin to fall in most of the valley, though perhaps not in the drylands. Yeah. There is a sort of bitterness to your chests as you're moving. You pushed really hard through the day, and you can feel that kind of crisp crunch to your lungs after a hard march in the sharp cold. As you make your way over the crest of a hill, down a ways, you see the three rivers meeting each other, and there is Westbridge. It is a large, man-made construction of stone and timber, shaped in a Y that crosses the rivers, basically meeting at the center of this crossroads of rivers. At the center of these bridges is a small, impermanent campsite, essentially, where people can basically camp out in these little stalls that are set up in a round think like ancient Greece pantheon sort of thing. Um, it's a cupboard, but there are no walls. Okay. Better than nothing. It is said that the construction of the West Bridge predates the immigration into the valley 500 years ago. So this is an old, old structure. And there are statuary and runic carvings on here that speak of creatures much larger than those who currently use it. Hmm. Nice. Interesting. How do you make camp? Is there... So we can we can rest under, under this structure mm -hmm. um, there's other people around, you said? Quite a few other people, in fact. It looks as though there are some semi-permanent residents to this place. Uh, vendors and hawkers of basic supplies, 
jacked up in some price for those who are desperate enough to need it. Uh, mm-hmm. Food vendors also line some of the stalls here, as well as a plethora of other travelers moving to and from other parts of the valley. So, all told, there's maybe a hundred people here, including yourselves. It's quite a few. Um, it's a large construction. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, we should just set up camps somewhere. Are we allowed, is there like campfires and stuff? Are we allowed to set up a campfire? Each of the stalls has what looks like a constructed brazier in their center. Mm-hmm. So, if, so long as you have your own combustibles, you're allowed to. Hmm. Does anybody have wood? <laughs> I have rope. I have ten torches. Okay. Um, I mean, I have I have a tinder box. So I can I can start a fire. I just don't have um, didn't buy wood. <laughs> also, I don't know how we carry it. Um, I mean, is there? Are we in a plains area? Yeah. On either side of the bridge, you could find scrubland and basic things to burn. Though you have to go pretty far, because it seems like a lot of the semi-permanent residents have scrubbed this place pretty clean. Yeah, so, if anyone if anyone's going to go out wandering to find firewood, it, they would do so in the dark. I suppose we can't, like, retcon that we were picking up. We way. just forgot it. Um, oh, you okay. you all found a real cool stick. He was a big fan of. Um, you don't want to burn your cool stick. Is the what is it, what? Uh, how's the moon? Is it, how full is it? The moon is in waxing gibbous. Mm, so it's so, pretty thin. No, it is nearing full. Gibbous oh. is big. Gibbous is big. What's the small one? Uh, Crescent. Crescent. Oh, I thought that had a special name. I thought that had another special name. My bad. Ask me anything about the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know Uh, it will be full moon in three days' time. Okay. Um, So there's still plenty of light out. Um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying. um, Most of us have dark vision, too. Yeah? Yeah. Um, except Tirza. Um, yeah, I might go take a look around, see if I can find any, um, anything I could use for a fire. Okay, Sid goes to grab firewood. Alright. Sid, give me a survival check. No cookie. Uh, 15. 15. You find a nice little copse of trees not far from the northern end of Westbridge. And you're pulling away at branches. You don't really have anything that you can use to cut trees, unfortunately. Not on you. No. No. And as you do, I need you to make a perception check. Okay, Okay. really fast, too. Why did we have City Boy go do this? That's a very good question. Yeah. He was excited. It's his first time camping. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ten? Ten. Yeah. I'm just going to try to chop down a tree with a rapier. (laughs) Just keep stabbing. The figure approaches as though out of nowhere in the darkness, raising a wicked-looking knife. Does 18 hit your AC? (gasps) Yes. That is going to be... Three slashing damage as this knife comes out of the air and cuts down at you. What do you do? 
Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker while okay. attacking. Him. Um, yeah, I pull, I pull out my sword. All right. All right, let's go. Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be twenty-three. That'll hit. Okay. Uh, right, and because he is alone, I assume there is there. A... You do not see Great. any others. Great. I'm gonna roll my sneak attack damage. Oh shit! I just dropped one on the floor. Nice. Super cool. Floor rolls don't count. Floor rolls do not count. Perfect. Um, so that is. Uh, 16 damage. Stormpiercer goes searing through this villain's heart, and Stormpiercer lets out a ha-ha! Oh, uh, and what do you know? I, I forgot my, um, uh, that, that's plus four. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah, 20. Alright, well, they're dead either way. Great! And as they slump off of your sword, they cough up some blood, staring you with wild eyes as they fall to the ground and bleed to death. Well, I'd feel bad, but I don't. Um, I, I search his corpse. Searching his corpse, you don't find much of note. The dagger itself is unimpressive, something you could buy on any street corner. Mm. Their clothing is... Not fine, but it's not poor make either. They seem to be of a of a rustic sort. Perhaps they mm -hmm. live out in these parts. But as you pat them down, you find this scarring just on the inside of their left arm and pulling up their sleeve. You see a seared red brand of a three-toed claw. Hmm. Um, and I saw that on uh, Lucrezia. Is that correct? Yes. And the yeah. fire giant you faced in the, third, the, fire in the second trial. Okay. Well, looks like they got some far reach. Um, okay. I, I take my sticks and I wander back to camp. Not a big deal. Sid returns from their sojourn out into the darkness, a bundle of kindling and wood in hand, and a large scratch across their shoulder. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, I found some wood. Oh yeah, I got attacked. Um, yeah, it's not. Sid, are you alright? Oh yeah, you should see the other guy. He's dead. Um, Grawl <laughs> uh. Grawl looks at Sid, just like you two. Okay, okay. So one for each of us. You're next. Oh great. Oh, who's you. next? Maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Clutch my quarter staff closer. Yeah, he definitely had had the mark. Um, so when we sleep, we're gonna take a, maybe a rotation. Um, mm -hmm. One person watching. Um, I'm gonna try and start a fire. Okay, easy enough. Whew. Uh Okay. So you light a fire in the brazier and bed down for the night. Thoughts of knife wielding cultists circling <laughs> in your head. <laughs> As you do. Tirza, you feel a sense of fear and worry emanating from your cloak. Uncertainty of what these, the movements of these cultists mean. Uh, Maz whispers into your mind, Cherish, 
feckless cowards attacking in the dark with daggers. Yeah. Super rude. <laughs> I don't say that out loud. I, I, I communicate with her telepathically, mostly. What is our watch order? Um, I can stay up. I'm I got up first. <laughs> you wanna... You, what does that mean? Uh, so, uh, if need be... You're yeah, like, Grawl's, Grawl's, Grawl's tired. Grawl's tired, and he'll get up first. Well, they'll need a blankie. He sleeps with his sword. That sounds weird, but it's comforting. So Sid is first. Who is second? Uh, I'll go next. Oh, I'll go third. I'll do mid-shift. Okay, and Grawl is last. So, Sid, your watch. Give me a perception check okay. with disadvantage. Oh, dear. As you pushed yourself very hard today. Yeah, that's true. It's probably that one. Nope. <laughs> uh, Twelve. Twelve, all right. Your, pa your watch passes uneventfully. Oh, thank goodness. Cherish, you are awoken... Give me a perception check with disadvantage. Oh, it was a nat 20. 13. 13. As far as you know, your watch passes with as though nothing occurs. Comfort <laughs> it. I did such a good job. As far as you know. Tears, though, we're on you. Yep. That's... Uh, 13. Okay. Your watch passes uneventfully. Hmm. Grawl, you are awoken just before dawn. The light of the next day is uh, a distant thing as we are in winter. Dawn will not come for several hours, even after everyone else awakes. If you plan to make a, a good start to the day. Give me a perception check with disadvantage. Well, uh, six. Your watch passes uneventfully. No one bothers the four of you as you sleep the night away at Westbridge. The next day you awake to the sounds and smells of other travelers getting ready for their day. Most seem to be planning on striking northward, skirting Wickmore's Landing so that they can hit the road directly towards Crescent's Edge, but some other travelers have already started their day heading towards Wickmore's Landing. You all get a bit of a later start than some as you are recovering from some wounds and getting your breakfast ready to go. None of you are really used to making food out in the world. This is not something a lot of you have experience with outside of Grawl, but you're used to, like, scavenging. Yeah. Ooh, rat. Mm. Right. <laughs> Uh, so pre need to be cooked. preparing a breakfast is a new experience for some of you. Though, Tirza, you've been given some training out in the wilds of the world. Some of your adventurers in the Eastwood have prepared you for these things. She's still not good or confident at it. <laughs> She's like, I think this is how... I, I just don't know. <laughs> so, after a breakfast of some... Cheese and bread, you break your fast and make your way westward still. You know it is another day's travel until you hit Wickmore's Landing. And if 
you keep the same pace you did, perhaps you'll make it there, not today, but the following day. Which means we'll be there a day before the caravan leaves? Yes. Oh, so we didn't go any faster than... I thought it was supposed to be a three-day journey. Normally you'd be getting there at the, like, mid to late end of the third day, not the beginning of the oh, third oh. day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do, Do we want to go... Let's go a little bit slower today. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we were at a disadvantage cool there. <laughs> so, picking up your things, you move across the West Bridge. Eventually you find yourself on the far shore. You are moving down into more rural plains territories. There's definitely less trees here, and every once in a while you'll get a wind blowing up through the, from the west, and growl and cherish you're reminded of home as you get a brief smell of salt and dry air. <sighs> Moving as you do through the day a little bit more carefully, perhaps a little bit more wary of your surroundings, you are well aware of the gang of people waiting for you just down the road. You see them when you are about 100 feet away. But you can see that a pair of carts have been overturned along the road, and that other travelers are moving away from that area, skirting back towards Westbridge. How many of them are there? You don't know. You'd have to approach. You can see that there are people hanging around the carts, but you don't know how many there are. Not from this distance. Right. And we didn't buy that spyglass. No, it's true. It's too much money. Yeah. One day. It looks like there's trouble up ahead. Do we want to go and see if anyone needs help? Um, maybe we should scout out ahead beforehand. Probably better to know how many guys we're going to be coming up against before we barge in there. Well, Sid, you're very good at that. Yeah. yeah. Why don't I take and care of it? And you can change your outfit. I can. <laughs> Sid, you would know there's not much cover around these parts. It's short scrub grass to the left and to the right of the road. There isn't really anywhere you can flank around. It would be a low and slow creep to try to approach without being seen. Um... How long would it take me to sort of get within range by doing that? I guess I would have to find out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try that. Okay. So you want to get down on your belly and creep through the low grass? Yeah. All right. Solid snake style. All right. Give <laughs> me a stealth check, my friend. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a nat 20. Um, so... 29. Fair enough. Nat 20 is a nat 20, my friend. Mm -hmm. So, you creep through the bushes. On a piece of inspiration, you transform your glamoured vestments into a sort of tan brown hide that matches the color of the grasses around here. And as your army crawling through the grass... You, like some kind of mongoose, just slither away into the grass. And the three of you <laughs> who are stare, still standing on the road very quickly lose track of Sid. And it just sort of reinforces, like, damn, he's good. <laughs> he's so sneaky. But as you're all standing there, 
Sid, you're quickly approaching these overturned carts, and you see in just behind them several figures all standing back there. Two of them have long bows and are sighting down the road. And as you watch, you can see that there are six in total, two of them with longbows, which are now firing at your companions down the road. Oh. Oh. So, I'm going to roll some dice and see who they're shooting at. All right. So, uh, those are really shitty rolls. Um, <laughs> Yay. So, uh, Grawl, a five is probably not going to hit you. New and cherish. I'm guessing a seven doesn't hit you. No, sorry, Bob. So arrows come looping down out of the sky and land in the road, sort of like five feet in front of you. <laughs> and Sid, you see the two like the two archers being cajoled and like knocked at by their friends, like ah, oh, you idiot, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they'll just like shake their heads and knock their arrows again. What are the three of you doing? Uh, I have my shield out and above me now. How far away are they? They are 100 yeah, feet question. away. Oh, Perfect. Excellent. I cast Firebolt. <laughs> okay. You cannot, you don't have direct sight on any of them. You know basically where they are, but they definitely have cover behind these turned over carts. Hmm. But the carts are made of wood, right? This is true. I just didn't know where you were aiming. Like, they're behind the carts, yeah? Yeah. It sounds like I'm aiming for the carts. Okay. <laughs> aiming for the carts, you can easily hit them. Okay, because I was going to roll. I don't know what the DC for the cart is. Cart's not going anywhere. It's a big okay. target. <laughs> it's a straight shot. I'm not going to have you roll and say, somehow you missed the stationary giant piece of wood. <laughs> Uh, so that's 2d10 fire damage. Yeah, give me some cart damage. Um, that is 12. Right cart or left cart? Left cart. Left cart takes 12 fire damage. So, Sid, from your vantage point, you see the cart on the left, so the one closest to you, suddenly grow to a large blazing inferno as a bolt of magical fire strikes its undercarriage. Grawl, Tirza? I'm running. I'm heading heading up there. Okay. So you want to use your full turn to charge? Uh, yes. Okay. And I'm also going to keep my shield over my head. All right. Brawl. Um, as as this as the fire caused them like any of them to come out from behind cover? You don't know yet. I'm giving you a chance okay. to act before I ask for an initiative roll. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move forward. Uh, behind. Uh, Tirza. Okay, so you charge up behind Tirza. Sid, yep. is there is anything you would like to do at this last moment before I ask for initiative? I would like to wait. Okay. Now I need everyone to roll me initiative. All right. Okay. I can never roll well for initiative. Ever. So, 25 to Whoa. 20? Uh... 27. 27 for Sid. You're, You're a monster. You're a monster. Keep it up. 15 to 20. Okay. 10 to 15. What do we got? 14. 10. Tears of then Cherish. 
And I am guessing Grawl is yeah. bringing up the rear. Yeah, he's good at that. He's real good at that. All right. So, Sid, you are up first. You um, see so... that Tirza and Grawl are about 40 feet away. The mm-hmm. bandits, or so they appear to be, these are much more rough-and-tumble men dressed with rough uh, longbows, hand axes, and cudgels. Uh, do they have... What are they dressed in? Patchy leather armor. Um, I'd like to... Um, are any of them charging, or are they just kind of hiding behind the... A lot of the... them are... They're trying to crowd behind the left cart, or the right side of the road cart, now that the left side of the road cart is currently on fire. And it's a big fire. And they Uh, don't want to be standing next to that fire. But there's only room for four of them behind the cart, so they're jostling each other out of the way to... (laughs) And they're all standing behind the cart? Yes. And only Uh, two of them have bows. Only two of them have bows. Um... Well, I would like to... <clears throat> no. Uh, I'm going to try and position myself around, um, like, to get, like, behind them. Okay. I'd like to pincer this. Okay. So, um, how do you do so? Um, I'm going to kind of keep crawling around. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, and then, so that's my movement. Um, how, and Grawl and um, uh, Tears are 40 feet away? They're about 40 feet down the road, yes. Okay. So I'll probably wait until um, they get a little bit closer. Okay. So you are now right. behind the line of the carts. Positioned in the grass, you are probably 30 feet away from any given bandit. Great. That brings us to said bandits. They will keep jostling at each other, trying to uh, get a position of cover, though the two with bows will drop back a few steps and fire at the two targets coming closer to them. So Grawl and Tirza are both getting shots. Ooh, that's a little bit better. Uh, the one against Grawl has disadvantage because he's standing next to me. That is good to know. Yay. Ooh, that's an even better roll. Um, so, against Tirza, that is going to be a 16 versus your AC? Nah, son. All right, shattering across your shield. The arrow does nothing. Against Grawl, though, even with the disadvantage, that is still a 15. I mean, that matches, so it hits. Um, okay. Right. Unless you want to cast shield. New. Okay, so that is still a hit. You are going to be taking six piercing damage. Actually, hold on, that was the wrong die. I apologize. Ow! Uh, It's actually seven. (laughs) It's actually a hundred. I was was okay with six. I'm mad about seven. It it was supposed to be a d8. I rolled a d6. Nope, nope, I'm mad now. Listen to me. I'm raging. The other three... Three of the four that are trying to hide behind the cart are trying to hide behind the cart. One of them is saying, Come on, you cowards, get out there! Kill them! And frustrated with these bandits' cowardice, will take a step off to the side of the cart, look down the road, see 
the approaching Tirza, and I need you, Tirza, to give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 16. 16. All right. So, you save. This apparently bandit will step out to the side of the cart, clutch their left arm, and then raise their hand in a gripping claw, and a burst of crimson fire will erupt around Tirza, but then Tirza will just, like, bash it away with her shield, striding through the flame as though it's nothing. Who's the cultist now? (laughs) The cultist will, like, eyes wide a little bit, duck back into the, behind the cart, and try to keep cover with his bandit allies. That brings us to Tirza. Um, I am going to, um, I'm going to do lay on hands and brawl real quick for his seven. All right. Boom. Full health. All right. That is your action. Thank you. And then I'm going to keep running forward. All right. If you uh, move... Am I... Yeah, I'll be on, on the cart or... Basically, yeah. to it. You'll basically be right on the other side of the cart from the bandit slash cultist. <laughs> um, I will do that if I can position myself. Um, there's not like... Uh, it's just, like, open, right? Around the... It's tipped up on its side, so the whole floor of the cart is protecting these bandits from view. But, I mean, like, there's nothing on either side of these carts? It's not, like, blocked off? Or no, what's... not really. It looks like they just blocked off the road, so people had to literally walk around the carts to try to get to the other side. Cool. I'm gonna go around the cart that's on fire. Like, if I can start going that way. Yeah, okay. That brings us to Cherish. You are still 100 feet away. Can I see any of them? No, you do not have line of sight on any of them. Balls. You know, the other one on fire. You, you know roughly where they are, but yeah, you can't see any of them. Yeah, I'm just going to try to cast Magic Missile, though, and I need to be able to see them. You'd be able to see them. But <laughs> you know what might be able to help me see them? Casting Firebolt on the other wagon. All right. What? Roll me some fire damage. That's 14. All nice. right. 14. Wow. All right. Carts. Carts are a burning. So that bring. Unless. Did you want to move at all? Um, I will move my movement forward. Okay. So you move 30 feet up the road. That brings us to Grawl. Um, how far away am I? I'm. You are forty feet 70? away from the carts. Oh, okay, I'm forty feet away. Okay. Um. Uh, again, I'm gonna move up behind uh, Tirza. Um, and is there anyone out in front that I could shoot some some Eldritch Blasties at? No, you are currently standing behind a flaming cart. You know where the bandits are. You can kind of see them through the slats of wood, roughly, but they have cover. Okay. Dang nabbit. So any attacks you made with, like, shooting blasts would have disadvantage. What would acid splash do? Depends on what you were trying to hit with the acid splash. All of them. No. Um, Dang. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can 
try to hit one of them with an Eldritch Blast. Okay. Take disadvantage at it. Because, I mean, I'm not yep. going to move up until, you know. Go for it. So. Okay. Uh, so that's a 12. 12 will hit. Yes! Ooh. These guys suck. <laughs> um, and at 5th level, I get two beams. Yes, you do. On Eldritch Blast. So you can roll that attack twice and see if you hit with both. Okay. Still a disadvantage? I believe. One sec. Let me double check on Eldritch yeah. Blast. I don't think it works like Scorching Ray, actually. Okay. So Scorching Ray, you have to make an attack roll for each individual beam. Um, actually, yes, it is uh, separate beams. Okay. So, 18, uh, 17. Okay, so 17 plus 6 is uh, yeah, a lot. 23. 23 is a hit. Okay, now damage. 1d10. Yeah! Okay, well, that's not much. So three. Three total? Uh, yeah, is that for each one? Do I have to roll for damage for each one? Yes. Okay, so three for one, and four for the other one. Alright, so seven total against the bandit. Your Eldritch Blast goes bursting through this flaming cart and exploding into the face of one of these bandits. He goes, he screams and falls backward. He's not dead, but he's very surprised by what just happened. Mm -hmm. That brings us back up to the top with Sid. Sid, from your vantage point, you can see that Grawl and Tirza are flanking around the flaming cart directly in front of you. You are just probably about 20 feet away from them. They're on the other side of the cart. But if you stood up, you could charge straight into these bandits. One of them, the one closest to you, in fact, is very surprised by an explosive bolt of crackling green energy that just forced its way through this flaming cart into his face. Sure. So you would say that he's... Um, actually, the, the, the magic user, um, where is he faced? Uh, which, which direction is he facing? He is facing towards the now flaming cart he was hiding behind, though he, there are five bandits between you and him. Oh, okay, so I can't. Um, well, I guess I'll... Uh, so, uh, Tirza and Grawl, are, are are they up against the, the two bandits on the, on the left? Or I guess They're they not can't. currently on top of any of the bandits. We're on the other side of the carts. Yeah, the flaming yeah. carts currently separate them from the bandits. You are not necessarily in a position where you need to move through the carts to get to them, though. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering if I can, like, sneak attack any of them, like... Technically, as a swashbuckler, you can sneak attack all of them. I suppose so. I'm I'm mostly fishing for advantage here, but... Um, yeah, that ain't happening, but... That ain't happening. That's okay. Um, Assuming... I, like... I mean... If you give me a high enough stealth check to see if you can, like, creep up on them without them noticing. Though they are yeah. in a pretty heightened sense of, oh shit, stuff's happening. Turn turn your outfit into fire. And then camouflage through the fire. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to stand up. I'm going to switch back into my actual outfit, 
I'm going to shout, surprise, and I'm going to run at them. <laughs> Needless to say, they see you coming. Yeah. Oh, man. They are, in fact, though, surprised. Great. Um, okay, so I'd like to attack uh, uh, the, the two that are sort of o- away from the... One of the two that's away from the big group, I One guess. of the archers, yes. Yeah, one of the archers. Okay. Great. Ooh. Um, 23. That will hit. Yay. That's going to be... Yeah. Yummy. Um, 14, 16, 24. Um, now, uh, does uh, Stormpiercer have... I mean, these are bandits. These are they're they're clearly attacking me. I feel like, I feel like this is a just fight. This is these are clearly bandits robbing from the weak and ill-equipped to battle them. Of course, they must be uh, slain. Plus, of course. Um, so that's going to be, <laughs> um, so what was that twenty-four plus three? So twenty-seven. In full cursive, you write your name on this guy's chest, <laughs> and his insides just slop out. Oh, ew, gross! Um, and then I, I do it. sort of a th- I do sort of a twirl to like splatter his blood on the other archer, and I sit and I turn to the rest of the group and I say, "Next." <laughs> well, it is now the bandits' turn. Um, Great. The one who you just flicked blood on will back up and shakily attack you. I'm going to be giving him disadvantage, though, because of that blood flick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blood flick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's super gross. 14's not going to do it? Nope. All right, yeah. He's shakily fits another arrow to his bow, and it just goes wide. Just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> the other three bandits, though, will charge you with no such disadvantage. Their clubs and hand axes drawn. Let's see. A 10's not going to do it. A 13's not going to do it. But a 22 probably will. That will do it. Yeah. So one of them comes at you with a hand axe and gets a good one in on you for 7 damage. Okay. That's slashing damage if it makes any difference. I don't think it does. No. That'd be 29. Okay. All right. The other, the leader of these bandits will take a step forward, seeing you. Uh, Eyes will widen with fury and rage, and I am going to, let's see. Um, A, all right, so. A strange five-headed flail made of effervescent red energy will appear in the air next to you, and with a whip-cracking sound that's also, like, roars of fire, it will come down at you. And that is going to be a 17 to hit. That is my AC. All right, so this spiritual weapon will flail down at you and whip-crack across your back for uh, 10 Piercing I'm going to uncanny dodge and half that. Okay, so you're only taking five. Mm-hmm. But again, he will clench at his left arm, seeming to put a hand over where you think the brand is, and clench a fist as the spiritual weapon appears and cracks down at you. 
and then it will, because that was a bonus action. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. I can do that. Um, 14? 14. Yeah, so he'll, he'll attempt to cast that strange crimson fire on you, and you'll mm -hmm. dodge out of the way. Cool. That brings us to Tirza. Um, cool. So... Um, With Cherish on deck, by the way. I am going to uh, make the final turn around the cart. Yep. You round the cart to see Sid, who you heard him shout surprise, and then you saw him <laughs> charge in from the side. So you see him surrounded by bandits, and just be on the other side of him is a archer and what looks like the bandit leader, though they are doing some funky spellcasting. Um, cool. Well, I'm gonna cast, um, I'm gonna cast Command on the Archer and one of the bandits, uh, surrounding Sid. Okay. I'm gonna leave Magic Guy. Okay. Uh, they have to make wisdom saving throws. Yeah. They're good at that. No, they're not. Um. <laughs> That's good. So, what is your spell save DC? 15. Because <laughs> I have my shield. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, shit. Oh, that's not what... Uh... I was about I... to say, what does your shield have to do with any of this? Because uh, it's my holy symbol. Oh. It means I can add my proficiency bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I targeted the wrong people. That's nice. Um, but... So, the arch. Uh, what is your one word command? Flee. Flee. The archer will turn and run. Okay. The bandit will turn, grab their wounded companion and drag them away because he botched so he's going to try double hard to not only flee but also get his comrades to flee cool so the guy that Grawl had wounded is being dragged away by his companion leaving Sid alone with a single bandit in front of him and the bandit leader just behind which brings us to Cherish okay so, Tirza and Grawl ran around the left cart, yes? Grawl has yet to make it around the uh, cart. But that yeah. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what, like, they were doing. Yes. So, Cherish is going to do the same thing, but with the right cart. Okay. Uh, and so just you... kind of, like, run up. You come up as... behind the bandit leader. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Magic Missile at this fool. All right. Give me Magic Missile damage. Yes, Olivia? I, nothing. I was just... Maybe we should figure out what's going on. <laughs> nope, they need to die. Oh, I, okay. it's, it's magic missile. It's not going to kill him. Sure. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Ooh, it might, though. Um, <laughs> yes. That's 13. <laughs> 13 yeah, he's hit, but he's not dead. Okay. So, that brings us to Grawl. What's left for me to murder? 
Um, nice. There are three bandits fleeing in the distance, yeah. though two one of them is being dragged by his buddy and didn't seem to want to necessarily leave. I left the job undone. That's so sad. There is one bandit still attacking Sid, and there is a cult leader on the opposite side that has just been struck by magic missiles. Which, actually, they need to make a concentration saving throw. Uh, actually, no. Spiritual Weapon is not a concentration spell. I for keep forgetting that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Spiritual Weapon's awesome. So, um, I'm going to round the uh, round the cart um, on the left side. And how far away is he? Which one? The um, bandit leader. The bandit leader is about 20 feet away. Okay. And how far is uh, Sid's, Sid's friend? 10 feet. Great. Sid's friend. All right. So you rush up and attack alongside Sid. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Would that give you advantage? Are you're you not, flanking him? No, you're not well, flanking. You're just attacking shoulder to shoulder. I don't know where that dice just meant, so... Okay. Yeah, roll another one, then. Oh, 20! Natural 20? Yep. Alright, and to remind our Ooh. listeners on natural 20s, we, of course, do epic crits. So what is the most damage you could do with your sword? Most damage I could do is 12 plus 4, so... 16. Now, 16, give yeah. me a roll on top of that. Yet another guy cut in half. Uh, there's another 11 on top of that. <laughs> All right. So 27 damage to this bandit. <laughs> and that's not me attacking twice. <laughs> so with the first attack, you, from crown to taint, just straight through this guy. And he falls apart. Like... A banana peel. Yeah, I was gonna say, is he like a banana? He just kind of just slowly peels. And then there's that Samurai Jack moment as you're standing between the two halves and blood goes in a just a yes. quick spray. Uh, is that your turn, Grawl? Uh, yeah, that'll be my turn. Alright, that brings us to Sid. Uh, I point my sword at the cult leader and I say, now's the time where you give up. And the cult leader will say, now is the time when you die. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going <run, laughs> to I'm gonna run at him. Um, and I'm going to... Uh, hmm. I mean, I could just run up and stab him, but where's the fun in that? Um, I'm going to uh, run at him. I'm going to sort of like... Sort of like... How tall is this guy? Roughly like five eight, five nine. Um, he's got raven black hair that comes down into a bit of a widow's peak. Dressed in the same patchy leather armor that the bandits were. This guy doesn't yep. look any different except for the fact that he's been casting spells. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to. If if I do non lethal damage, can I still get um my sneak attack bonus? No. No. Precision sneak attack damage implies you're like stabbing him in the kidneys. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Which how is he? How is he looking? By the way, he's looking okay. He looks like an angry, angry man. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I would, I would outright destroy him. Um, yeah, fuck it. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run up. Um, I'm going to. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna like handspring off of him, and I want to like uh, stab him from behind um, with by by flipping my rapier back and stabbing him in the back. So first step is you want to flip over him. Yes. Give me an acrobatics check. Great. Um, and I'm gonna use my uh, 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 storm piercer advantage on this acrobatics check. Okay. That's a nat 20. Um, so cool. So you bound up and over this guy in a quick flipping uh-huh. motion. Uh-huh. Very impressive. Yes. Storm Piercer uh, lets out a ha-ha! <laughs> uh, right. That is going to be a 25. 25 will hit. Cool. Um, we're going to do that and these three. Seventeen plus uh twenty damage. Twenty damage. All right. He is real badly hurt, but he's not dead. Um. Okay. And that is your turn. I, I would like to. You moved. You flipped, and you attacked. Yeah. Unless yeah, you can. You got still have a bonus action if you have anything that can give you that. Um, I could, but I I want to be I want to be up in this guy's business. Okay, and he likes you up in his business as well because it is now Bandit's turn. He will turn at you with just bloody raw hatred in his face. It seems like he's sort of on his last legs, but he will still turn to you and say. The five mothers take you and reach out with his hands and attack you. Uh, A 21 will hit? It does, yeah. All right. So he will cast Inflict Wounds at a second level as he grips you with his hands. And let's see. So... Bolts of red, white, blue, black, and green energy go coursing through this guy's arms, coming out from the symbol on his left arm as he grips your shoulders, and you feel this horrible, draining essence coming away from your body as you take 20 necrotic damage. Um, I would like to, once again, use Uncanny Dodge for that and have it. Can Uncanny Dodge dodge magic attacks? Because um, he's technically casting a spell. Right. It says um, hits you with an attack. Okay. Um, this isn't... Uh, if it specifically uses the wording attack, this isn't... I mean, eh, it does use a, a spell attack. Yeah. Okay. Um... So the damage is halved. You sort of wrench one shoulder out of his grasp, and he still courses a ton of damage into you, and you just feel your left arm sort of going limp in his grasp. Then he will make another gesture with his free hand, and his spiritual weapon will whip in and attempt to attack you. Okay. Mm, That's not going to do it, though. Uh, Seven's not going to hit, so. Nope. So, yeah. 
Um, that brings us to Tirza. And Olivia, you seem to have had something to say this whole time. Uncanny dodges only for melee attacks, but... Where does it say that? I just looked it up. Yeah. It that... defines attack, or attack is defined in the, in like the player's handbook definitions as uh, weapon melee. attack. Okay, I will take the full amount. So, 20 necrotic right. damage. No, that's alright. Are you trying to kill our team? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, but fair, only very cocky. I deserve but, this. But only because I have very special magic Healy powers. <laughs> oh, yes. um, Speaking of which, Tears. I have up. some conflicting information, but that's fine. Oh, you do. Yeah. We'll sort it out later. For now. Yeah. yeah Sid, you. Anyway. <laughs> In this, Twitter can sort it out for us later. In this ultra-dramatic moment, Sid has taken a lot of damage, paying for his, like, chutzpah and daring. Tirza, how do you respond? Um, yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing that I that I did, but I'm gonna target the right target this time. I'm gonna cast, uh, command again. On the cultist slash bandit leader? Yes. Alright, you do so. They need to make a um, wisdom saving throw. He does have to make a wisdom saving throw. Spell save DC on that. He rolled a 12. That's not going to do it. All right. What is your command? All right. Before the might of the storm, grovel. Boom. And eyes wide, the figure will release Sid and then fall to their knees and... Head bowed, will not look towards Tirza, but will place their hands up towards her. Uh, that leaves a single bandit archer who didn't do anything last turn. Um, actually, no, that one fled. And that one's dead. No, it's just the bandit uh, cultist then. So, that brings us to... Tirza, do you move at all? Um... Yeah, I'm gonna walk over to him and put my foot on top of him, oh, on top okay. of his nice. little, his little, his neck. Power move. His little yes. neck. <laughs> Do it. Uh, cherish. Um. So I, I guess I just walk up to where Tirza is, and I have my my big stick out. Okay. Hey, bud. Set the ready. All right. That brings us to Grawl. Um, I'm gonna come up on like the one other side of this dude, um, so we complete like a square around this man. <laughs> it's very like uh, like uh, a knight's tail where they're all looking down on this dude. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought you were just gonna come up and stab him. <laughs> yeah, and I rest my my sword on his chest, and from the weight, it just kind of slides right into him. No, well, I'm not doing that. So that's Grawl. Sid, we're over to you. Um, Do you have rope? Yes. I'm going to tie him up. Cool. Right. But first, to... I'm going to spit blood on him. Nice. <laughs> Alright. So. You oh. lunge at this guy, and he must spend his whole next turn groveling, so it is a quick and dirty process to wrap him up in rope and bind him. You've now captured this cultist. The rest of the bandits who are in the distance begin fleeing off into the fields. They want no part of this madness. What they were promised was clearly not enough to deal with the <laughs> likes of you. No. As you tie up this 
cultist masquerading as a bandit becomes it becomes pretty clear that this guy is of the same faction that you've been dealing with. They mm-hmm. as soon as they take their hand away from their arm, you can see in their rolled up sleeve that brand mark inside their left of their forearm. Inside their left forearm, I should say. Mm-hmm. And as you tie him up, blood spittle rolling down his face, he looks at you all with wild eyes and just says, you might as well kill me. I mean, we might just do that. Yeah. <sighs> and as you stare down at your taken prisoner, contemplating what to do next, I think we'll stop there and leave your interrogation for next time. Okay. So. Oh, he's going to get so beat up. That will give you a little time to <laughs> contemplate what questions you would ask of this captured bandit slash cultist. We have captured this. We have a new pet, guys. <laughs> Yay! Gross, don't call him that. Yes. <laughs> because taking prisoners in D&D never ends poorly. No. No. So as always, you can follow us on Twitter at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. You can f- email us, materialcomponents at gmail.com. We always love hearing from our listeners Thank you, everyone, who has sent an email already. Uh, any of you guys, with anything you would like to plug? Cass, you first? Um, by, if I'm doing math right, which I'm probably not, uh, by the time this comes out, my shit is going to be like all over the place because uh, if it's going to be the end of December, that's right. Am I doing that right? Somewhere in mid-December. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be starting the process of changing my name to Elliot. Oh. So we'll just sort of see where I'm at. We'll when this comes out, we'll it'll whatever. Shut up. <laughs> it'll be in the description. Figure future, yeah. Future you. <laughs> it's a problem for future me. Yeah. Okay then. Um. Yeah. Uh. As per usual, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Redimus. That's T H E R E E D I M U S. Um, shoot me a message. Send me a DM. I I don't know. I don't bite. Um, I am not found on the internet, so don't bother looking for me. I rolled a nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Um, the rolls. Yeah. That's how the dice be. How it goes. Um, I have, I have not been putting my Twitter because I'm like, no, personal yeah, Twitter or whatever. But I also realized that I interact with the Matcom and Omatep Twitter all the time. So uh, I'm at um, Cry Out Olivia on Twitter. Come hang out. And as you mentioned, you can of course follow Omatep at un- at NPC underscore AN because of course Omatep is an important NPC. And you can find me on Twitter, at MKGorgoni. And if you would like to hear me and my fellow nerds talk about comic books and sundry other pop culture media, you can do so over at my other podcast, Panel on Panels. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope everyone has a good whenever it is they're listening to this. Bye. Yep, good night. Toodles. <laughs>